Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. I, I feel like this, I gotta, this has got to be addressed. Are you ready? Some of you guys got to learn how to enjoy music. This got to be addressed. Thus says the Lord. No, I'm kidding. I don't want to joke around about that. How many people know different types of music's good? Right? So you got, someone was feeling that. Work it out always. I was, I was ready to jump. Uh, I looked out at a couple of people's faces, and I'm like, man, they must listen to country. <laughs> hey, it's good to have it all. Anybody know that uh, now? I mean, it's, it's cool. You got iTunes, you got access to that, and you can pay $10 a month and get any CD. And, and so that's the modern day. I don't know if you guys remember Napster, and you could, you, people would steal music, and you thought the feds would show up at your house, and you're looking over your shoulder. If you download that thing, you got every virus on your computer known to mankind. And even before that, there was this thing called BMI CDs. You could sign up, and they'll charge you $250 later. They'll send you 25 CDs in the mail. And I mean, I don't know anyone who never paid for them, but I know there's some people here. And uh, anybody did that? <laughs> Come on. There's, no, I'm not the only one. Jeez. Don't worry. God forgave me. I've made up for it. Change can be hard sometimes in life. When we shift jobs to really get kind of out of our comfort zone, poured out. We're a church that believes in diversity. And what that means is this, is relationally, economically, ethnically, old, young, rich, poor, all races, you belong here. And at times, you can get a little out of your comfort zone because you're listening to things and being a part of things that stretch you. But really what's happening is this, you're getting closer to what God's made because he has his masterpiece on all people, all cultures. And when we find its origin, we see that it's good. And God today, I believe, is uh, inviting us in a way that change to believe again in his desire to see his love transform you first and foremost, and then us together in this place. I think there's going to be some people delivered, some set uh, free individuals, get out the cage and just get out of the box and get into your sweet spot. I was... uh, I switched professions. I was a professional car consultant, which is AKA the number one um, lying profession in the world, some people would say. And so I was selling cars. I didn't lie. Um, but one time I did kick out two people when they came to my lot and they said they, I was a liar. But truth be told, they came back and they said, you weren't lying. We don't want to buy from those guys. We want to buy from you. And because I knew this, uh, look, God's already transformed my life. I don't need to lie to you. Uh, he's got, this is a deeper conviction up here. And so then I switched and I be, had a change and I show up uh, as a document management solutions consultant, aka copier salesman. And as a copier salesman, you're learning things that's like hieroglyphics, right? Um, IP address, ethernet, network, mainframe, if anyone's even heard this type of verbiage before. Uh, it was like learning a whole new language. In my first day on the job, I, I, you know, you got that fear, insecurity. I'm going to meet new people. I've got to kind of talk to people I'm not used to. Uh, I'm at the car lot. It was just me and one other dude. And now there's a whole bunch of people here. And some got PhDs and some got legal degrees. And here comes me the car salesman guy. And on my first day at work, they called me up and they said, you're going to be in a golf scramble. 
do you got golf clubs? I said, no, I have no golf clubs. Okay, okay. Do you have golf shoes? No, I don't have clubs. I don't have shoes. Okay, do you have shorts? Yes, I have shorts. Do you have a shirt that you could tuck in? Okay, yes, I have that. But this is back in the day a little bit where um, the previous style, I was talking to Josh this morning, you know, his shorts fit real nice, kind of snug, you know, like it's the uh, athletic fit a little bit. This, you guys remember the older shorts, the cargo kind of baggy short, right? I'm 5'6". These things are big, right? So they're big. I mean, big, big. Like, and so they're down to here. And I come the first day, I'm out here to play scramble in my tennis shoes at this really nice golf course. And everyone's got bags and everything. And I'm like, you know, don't even know what club to grab. And so I'm hitting off the tee, right? This, this happened. I'm hitting off the tee. And I've never hit off a tee. And so I go and I'm swinging and there's this group behind us. So the scramble, they travel in teams and the people who know, they know. They're watching you like, what's up? Keep it going. Enough talking. Let's go. Let's go. Especially if the beers aren't in them yet, okay? Thank you, thank you. Somebody felt that. And um, so I go to swing. I'm not kidding. I miss the ball completely. (laughs) No, and, and so I, I heard these people behind me just dying laughing, right? And I just go along with it, and I start looking for it. And I'm looking. I can't find it. And the people around me are like, you didn't hit the ball. I said, I know, I know. And so then I proceeded, hit it about 14 uh, feet. And I, I'm convinced that this in golf, I'm convinced in golf that I'd be better off playing with a putter the whole time even from T, just T to hole, just the whole time. I think I score better and pulling out all these clubs I've never used before. And then, you know, you get the person with you that's played golf. They're like, no, 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 like this, like every time. They're trying to, if this ever happened. If you haven't played golf, this will happen. They'll, they'll like even get around you and they'll be like, hold your arms like this. It's just like this. It'll be, trust me, when you commit to it, you'll love it. You'll love it. You'll love it, right? It's like when someone started working out with a new pro- workout program. You got to do this. You got to try it. You got, and at some point you're like, I just don't want to play golf. I like the scramble thing, but I don't want to, I really enjoy the friendship thing. I actually would love to just hang around and play with your clubs, but I don't want to have to go buy clubs. I don't want to jump in because it's just not my sweet spot. It's not what God made me to do. It's not what I'm excited about. You know, some of us in life, we're playing golf and we're not supposed to. If people have been telling you, you swing like it's your baseball game and it's because you're probably better at baseball. Most of your life, people will try to get you to develop all of your weaknesses. But I believe this, that God has put strengths in you that nobody else has. That he's created you in a way that nobody else can ever do what you'll do. And you add value to the equation. It's like a big pot of stew. And it only tastes good if we're all in it in the way he wants us to. And he's cooking all the ingredients at the right temperature in such a way. And you can just taste it. You're like, oh, wow. Wow. This is good. This is good. It's not, I'm going to take my garlic and go home. I'm going to take my club. Hey, if you don't want to play golf, I don't want to play with you anymore. No, no, no. It's beautiful as we see what happens in the body of Christ. You are made for something specific. You have giftings. And that's what this series has all been about. Today is the last day. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of the team. We're going to go to Ephesians. The book of Ephesians is powerful. If, uh, it said this, that the beginning half of it is good news explanation. And then the second half is good news application. And so what that means is to actually explain what the good news is. That you don't have to dress a certain way, act a, no, it's based upon Christ alone. Game, set, match. We won. 
Why do we keep trying to work? We won. But then he, it shows us application that we are called to work in a way that's fun and joy-filled to believe again of what God wants for us to do. Verse eight in chapter two, it says, for by the grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. If you were the person in your family where you did all the work, you get a little bit bitter over time. And then when the newbie comes along at the job and you've been the one busting your tail all the time and they want to give you critique, what's your thought? Like, oh, and you have an opinion now, right? Oh, you have something to say. I've been doing this 14 years. You just sit back, little buddy. And here's what this verse says, though. It's saying, look, there's not a result of any of our work. No one can boast. And so the whole purpose of all of this is to understand grace by which we've been saved. Breathe that in. By grace, we've been saved. And that type of power captivates us in such a way that we understand that as we move forward, we're moving forward from our identity in Jesus, loved by Jesus, confirmed by Jesus, identifying with Jesus. But when we work, it's fun when we allow it to be about what it's about, which is spending time with God and reflecting what he looks like. And the reason why some of us are so exhausted today is because we're always working it backwards. And I'm telling you, this is, this is pretty much uh, something that I need to be reminded of several times a day. Even today, when I was thinking through, okay, what points should I include? What shouldn't I? And I, and I was thinking through all these angles and using my mind and God gave me a mind, it's beautiful. And, and, but at the same time, I didn't stop and just say, hey, God, what do you want to say? I'm not kidding you. I just said, God, what do you want to say? And then in once, he just gave me this paragraph to share at the end of this. This is so quick. It was just like, boom. I'm like, oh, I was like, man, I forgot when I'm working, I'm working from a point that I'm free. And so now when you see verse 10, it says this, for we are his workmanship. So we are a reflection and we're a result of God's work. That God has created you. You are made in his image and in his likeness. You're created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. I love this. It sets the stage. The father's getting everything ready for us. This is how we even get to play in the game because he's already got the gym open. He's got all the balls inflated to the right, but he just, he wants to put you in the right place. But a lot of times we're saying, well, I want to be shooting guard. I want to be the one. I want to be, I, I, I want them to interview me. I, I don't want to go behind the scenes. And we're missing the whole point because we are created by him, in him, for good works. And then here, get this, that we should walk in them. That's like command. It's attention that we should walk in them. Okay, God, I'm listening. I mean, Nike shouldn't be the only one that says, just do it. I think we have to remind ourselves this. God has me. That's the first half. That's that good news explanation. God has me. If you're not filled with the presence of God, man, I pray that you would fall at the feet of Jesus today and give him all of your nonsense so that you can come into this grace, this, this powerful, beautiful thing that God wants for you, the family of God, that you could now then walk in your destiny. They have your purpose, have that unlocked, that God has me. I think everyone today, you got to just say that. God has me. I say to you, God has me. 
God has me. He's has me. Because now then you could say this, because sometimes false confidence, if we're not careful, you start to become so arrogant and then God will let you fall because pride comes before the fall. And if we don't humble ourselves, you know what it's called? It's humiliation. And so to humble ourselves before we get humiliated and we can get humiliated in all sorts of ways. And God says, if you just remember, I got you, then you can say this second half, I got this. And you can say that like, I got this, I got this. Come on, say that, I got this. That's hard, you don't believe that, but I got this. Why? Because God has me. If God created me, the word workmanship there is poema. And what that means is this, is that you're like God's poetry. That the, the, the Greek poets would use that word to describe, the, articulate how beautiful poetry in motion. Have you ever been listening to somebody who's uh, just so good at spoken word? It's amazing how they can articulate something and get you inspired. God has articulated you, set your life in motion that you could inspire people. I think even today there's like, there's this brick around you and God is just using all this words that I'm speaking because these aren't my, this isn't my words in my heart alone. My heart, um, I might be sitting at home eating Sour Patch Kids apart from divine intervention right now. Maybe I'd just be wanting to just, you know, lay down and be like, I don't want to be here today. Who knows, right? But by the grace of God, I'm excited to be here to speak and communicate what's on his heart. And his, what's on his heart is this, is you're in this, this, this like bubble and God is trying to break you out from all of this nonsense, all this crud that's around you. You don't believe I got this. You don't believe he made you. He made somebody else. He's using somebody else. But no, that God is using you. He's trying to get you out of this. And when you start to realize that there's a different type of layer around you, there's a force field when you let his force field be all around you. And then he's comforting you and he's surrounding you and he's carrying you. And we got to be reminded of that day in and day out that God has you. The message says this in 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11. It says, all kinds of things are handed out by the spirit and to all kinds of people. The variety is wonderful, wise counsel, clear understanding, simple trust, healing the sick, miraculous acts, proclamation, distinguishing between spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues, all of these gifts have a common origin, but are handed out one by one by the Spirit of God. He decides who gets what and when. God, it's got you. Your peace matters. Well, what happens is, is we find, even kind of find our niche and we get excited. I'm a golfer. I, I'm a, I, I pray in tongues. I, I have gift of healing, which is all great, but it doesn't mean everybody else does. God has made people differently and he knows exact sum of parts that's needed to serve his people in a particular city. He gives them out. He is the one. And here's the good news about that, that God gave you it so nobody can take it. Nobody can take it from you. Nobody can. Only if you willingly give it right back to Satan. Do you realize the passion that's inside of you is the very thing that Satan wants to pervert? It always works that way. You have passion. And sometimes you're like, why do I keep stumbling? Why do I keep stumbling? No, God's given you that type of passion. It's just Satan is now perverting it. So then you're in this particular direction. Somebody who's dealt with addiction their whole life. Well, God's given you passion, but he wants you to be addicted to new type of things and new behavior to be understanding that God's love is so addicting and captivating that it's worth more than anything else. 
He transforms that type of way. He transforms what the enemy meant for evil, God turns for good. And he unlocks your passion. Your peace matters. As Ephesians continues in chapter 4, verse 11, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Your passion connected to God alone so that you're able to understand, so you're not just tossed each direction. There's a difference when you really let God be God. Because you could just do stuff. You could work for him. You could be, I'm a part of the team. Okay, but you're part of the team begrudgingly or to try to earn something because both are bad. Because obedience is one thing. You can, anyone who's ever uh, asked their kids to do something or even a coworker, and they could do it, they could stomp, right? Take out the trash, right? But they took it out, they were obedient. But how they did it is what God's talking about, your heart. He wants us to dwell in unity into the fullness and to understand him, that we would be submissive, not just obedient. And submissive to God first, because therefore now it's easier to be submissive to people because we recognize we're just becoming like our Lord. He submitted himself, though he was a king, came low in the form of a servant. Though he had all the riches, made himself poor for our sake. Though he knew no sin, became sin so that we could become the righteousness in the fullness of God and become the inheritance of Christ. Wow, this good news is amazing. I remember when we were getting trained during the church planning process and we were down and they told us down in Alabama and they were talking about that there's gonna come a time when you're gonna meet people and it's as if two forces come together and, and just come alive. And that God's gonna use you to meet people, to equip them, to call them. And really what's gonna happen is they're gonna get unlocked for their true destinies. That they've been walking, kind of limping throughout their life, but they just need somebody to show up and tell them the goodness of God. They don't need to meet some religious facade. They got to meet Jesus and, and they hear the truth and then they become unlocked because God has gifted his people. And it was so fascinating just to meditate on that because I'm thinking, okay, wow. So my job is merely like the hype man. I'm just coming through and getting people engaged, but really God's put something in them. And unless they come fully alive, then the body will never reflect what God wanted it to. That God's gifted you, you're his workmanship, that he's created beforehand in advance that you should walk in them. You almost start to feel that wrestling in your heart. Okay, so what do you want me to do? What, do you, what am I supposed to do, God? Uh, I've been on the sidelines, I'm complaining, I'm struggling. And I, I don't think it's just, what do you want me to do? It's captivated by his love and asking him, how'd you make me? And then how can I be utilized for your glory in power and in peace? Because that's why he's given people in the body of Christ is to equip and he's given us the body so that we could show and reflect what his love looks like. It's way more than just a checklist. It's way more than a to-do list. Though those things are true, it's about the love. You can feel when a family loves each other and you can also feel when a family just 
has a long list of to-dos, so they look great for the reunion for the day. And then they get done and they all go on their separate ways. But you can feel the love. I pray today that you would feel the love, that you don't have to play an insignificant part or even sit on the sidelines forever and think you're not worth something. Today here, that you are God's masterpiece. You are his workmanship. My golf story continues. I uh, got invited to uh, the PGA Championship with Toshiba and we sponsored the event. And so that means I got VIP. And I got to go into the tent and eat all this crazy food with a bunch of yuppies and no offense if you were there. And, um, but that's what it felt like. And it just felt really superficial right? The golfers weren't superficial, but the people watching it, it was just everyone's getting drunk, like, yeah, give me another shrimp cocktail, right? And we're there, we're kind of, you know, networking, smoozing and things like that. Oh, that's awesome. Yep, great. Who are you with? I'm with Toshiba. And they'd, oh, great. You guys are one of the sponsors. Yes, we're one of the corporate sponsors. It's an amazing time. Um, what hole is Mickelson on? Okay, great. Yeah, I'm going to make sure I get there for the next uh, hole. And so I go to the Mickelson and I'm waiting and I'm right there in the front. And he's going to hit off. I don't know if it was a 13T or whatever. Um, some people are like, what, what does that mean? Okay, watch golf. It's an amazing thing to fall asleep with. And uh, so you, I do actually really like watching golf for the record. I want Tiger coming back too. I'm praying for Tiger. Somebody better be praying for Tiger. Tiger Woods is going to get saved. Come on. And uh, so Phil Mickelson, he comes up to the tee and he pulls out this thing out of his back pocket. He's got this little book, right? He starts going through it. He's talking to his caddy and they're having an interaction and uh, he's go- going back and forth. And then the caddy pulls out something out of his back pocket. And I'm not sure. I'm sure there's a lot of people here that could name a golfer's name. Who can name a caddy's name? Maybe one or two of you. I don't know any caddy names. And Phil's talking to this guy. I'm thinking, he just carries your clubs. That's his job. Why are you talking to him? Guy pulls out his thing. He starts laying out some info. Based upon what the caddy told him, Phil puts his golf club back, grabs the other golf club. He drills this drive right down. Bow, lands right in the fairway, looks back at his caddy and goes, and the caddy's like, boom. And they just start going. You know what's interesting about the caddy? One, I, none of us know him. We don't interview the caddies. Um, but yet the pros see the caddies as so valuable, even so valuable that they take some of their advice. So they're on the same team. And what's amazing about the caddy is they have such humility. You know whose name they have on the back of their shirt? It's the last name of the golfer. So he's got Mickelson on his back. And you know what he's doing? He's just saying, oh, I'm on team Mickelson. I'm with the pros. It's bigger than me right now. We're about to win. Trying to win a major. They had such unity, such humility. And it was an awesome exchange and interaction. Do you know you? You have a shirt on the back and it's not your name. It's team Jesus. It don't matter if we're carrying a box. It don't matter if we're hanging out in the parking lot. It don't matter if some of us resting or praying. It doesn't matter where we're at because we got Team Jesus on our back. I mean, I say, Team Jesus, we won the PGA. That's how awesome it is. That's the type of imagery that God knows your name and he has you on his team. And at some point we felt kind of compromised. Like we've messed up or we've given up and we're sitting in the penalty box. Some of us have been put there because we deserve to be there. Other of us, we're just so used to what we thought we deserved, we just go there willingly. Some of us are just so sick of playing, we just wanna sit on the sidelines until we get to the end of life and do everything to false medicate so that we never really deal with the issues of how God wants us to live. And today, God wants us to come alive. He wants us to be a part of his team. 
It's the invitation of heaven when he says, you belong here. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're a part of a team. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 through 31 says, you are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of the body does your part mean anything. You're familiar with some of the parts that God has formed in his church, which is his body, the apostles, the prophets, the teachers, miracle workers, healers, helpers, organizers, thank God for the admin, those who pray in tongues, but it's obvious by now, isn't it? That Christ's church isn't a complete body and not a gigantic, undimensional part. It's not all apostle. It's not all prophet, not all miracle worker, not all healer, not all prayer in tongues, not all interpreter of tongues, as yet some of you keep competing for so-called important parts. But now I want to lay out for you a far better way for you. I think what he's doing there is really describing Look, you're not trying to earn based on works. You've been saved and set free, but now you have purpose and you walk that out with works. And then as you walk that out, you start to understand, look, we're not fighting for position, but we're working from purpose and a posture of victory in Jesus. We are not fighting for position, but we're working from a posture and are working from a purpose and a posture of victory in Jesus. That's enough for you to just take home and put on, put on, put that on every day. Remind yourself, okay, this job doesn't define me, but I'm working in such a way that I'll reflect his love and his beauty. And it gets hard. It's difficult, but it's worth it because vision will keep us focused when we need hope, when we're struggling. It was this week that I sit down with somebody and they were asking me, um, just about more of city life. And I remember sitting there and sharing the vision of what God has said. And it, my heart came so alive and it was as if every task was worth it infinitely in that moment. As we were talking to them, hey, did you know God cares when there's nine shootings in six days in the summer of 14? When we test in the lowest 5% of the state in some of the schools here, God cares. That God cares about these neighborhoods, not just big buildings downtown, but God cares about the people. God cares about the suburbs that are around here and he wants us collectively to reflect his glory and his love. And he wants us to love the city one life at a time. And we're a good news church. And so people are gonna feel that no matter where we're at, they gotta feel the good news. We're not scared of a coffee shop. We're not scared of a business. In fact, we wanna be right there where life exists to be like Christ, present and adding value because we're already defined by the one who sent us. And something in me was just like, bow, bow, bow. I'm like, yes. Yes, because it's his vision. It's his story. It's his church. He wants us to come alive today. Last week, someone shadowed for their first time. Maybe they're here listening to me. And shadowing on the dream team, what that means is they just come and you know, kind of get their feet wet. And they were walking around. They said, uh, I want to tell you something. I was an introvert in the corner. Never thought I'd even be in a church, let alone interacting with anybody. And now I'm shaking hands and kissing babies. And today's the best service ever. I was like, what? That's awesome. God's not trying to use us to abuse us. He's trying to activate us to come alive. When you got these packets, when you walked in, um, man, you know, it's a practical way for us to show you what in the world our team is all about. 
And so I want you to hear the invitation loud and clear that we would love for you to be a part of the dream team here. Seriously, we believe God's gifted you in a unique way. And what that is, is what we do is we two times a month serve one and attend one, meaning we serve one service and we attend a service. And not just so we can kind of check off our box, like, oh, I did the church thing. It's actually so we can come alive and, and start to meet people and, and get to love on them and pray with them and God speak through us prophetically and, and engage and get a love for what he's about and remind us what it's all about, that Jesus was a servant. And so we have this depth chart and it shows some of the areas where we have some need and maybe you're like, okay, I can see myself fitting in, in that particular box. And maybe there's others that say, well, someone's already in my box. I see me going there. Look, write down whatever your heart's desire is. This is constantly evolving and growing. And we're going to be shifting seats all the time to the glory of God as we see fit. Because it is not just about our seat. It's about what's the best play in the game for that particular moment for the glory of God. That's the story is God's glory. That's the story. That's why it's awesome. We're in awe of him. Many times it's awful as we're bombarded in this world of sin. But as God transforms us, we get to see we're in awe of the one. Like we talked about Stephen last week. He was the one behind the scenes. Nobody knew. Like the caddy carrying stuff. And then he was the one that gave his life and was martyred and stoned to death and then committed his spirit to God and said, God, cast their sin not against them. That's the type of transformation power I'm praying for myself today. That would be so convicting and so inspiring. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to take five minutes and you do not have to do anything. Hopefully you would be compelled that we get to do something. That we get to operate in our strengths, not just only work on our weaknesses. Because it is a process and it does take time to develop but it's so worth it when you're engaged the way God has made you. We have some areas, we have connections. What simply means is this, we want people to connect with God and each other. That's simple. We wanna inspire them that Jesus is awesome and then we wanna inspire them that they can believe in people again. It's okay, let down your guard. It's a safe place. What are you dealing with? What's going on? Let's talk, let's grow. And they list the type of ways that we do that. Then we have Kid City. Look, that's the future, okay? If you want to make a selfless play, invest in the future. Because in 10 years, they're going to be here. They're going to be the ones playing stuff. I don't know if I like the new music trend, right? I'm going to go back to Napster. You'll be carrying around a CD pack and people are on, it's like invisible songs at that point, right? I mean, they won't even need the iPad or anything. It'll just be, I think it, and it happens. And seriously, it'll be like Tony Stark. It's going to happen. The kids are going to be in here jamming. I want kids trained up by the time they get in this room too. And we're a part of them right now. Fun, safe, always Jesus, investing in the future. You know, we have a worship team and they don't just play songs. It's the people back there. It's graphics throughout the week. We have administration that are filling out cards and things like that. We have all kinds of things. Then you have the GSD team. You know what they are? That's the get stuff done, y'all. They carry boxes. No one knows them. They're in the shadows. They don't need your approval. They got approval. They don't care. And they're the ones, they're the secret sauce. I'm telling you, they're better than Sriracha. They make it happen. They're the ones that understand we're portable on purpose for a purpose. They get it. They say, look, I can be behind the scenes because there's other people that God's going to use. I'm seeing families transform. I'm watching lives take, come alive. I'm seeing people engage. Now, people talk about, oh, you can't, you can't make changes in the summer, man. I've been loving watching what God's doing here in the summer. That's the Get Stuff Done team. 
So Josh, if you come up to the stage, we're going to take some time. We're going to just like play up here while you can reflect. And so it, let's say you, I don't even want to commit. Okay, cool. Pray. Maybe you'll pray the dangerous prayer that I prayed. God, what do you want to say this morning? And you know what he said when I told him that? He said this. He said, it's awesome to be a part of a team. We would love for you to be a part of this team. We call it the dream team. It's God's dream of uniting his people together in a team to show his love beyond and connect more people to let him love on his kids, to let them know they have purpose and you belong here. I was in my um, uh, bedroom, getting ready to fall asleep. And I was thinking about this message and I was thinking everything is awesome, but I didn't feel like it was awesome. I say, okay, everything's awesome. Be a part of the team. Oh man, I don't feel it right now. And I'm like, God, I don't feel like it's awesome right now. At the end of the day, it's, it's, it's hard to feel great because life's beat you up by the end of the day. In the morning, it's like, let's get it. We got the coffee. End of the day, it hurts a little bit. Beat you down. But I love that God is just so gracious. I was laying there. I went to uh, like shut off my phone or, or make sure it was on for my alarm. And I, I couldn't grab my phone, but I found a Lego piece. And as silly as that sounds, it was just a kiss from heaven that God was telling me, no, no, you belong here and your peace matters. And I'm trying to build something through you. I'm trying to build something in this city. I'm trying to show people that we're a great cathedral and we're building unto God and we can't come down and we're doing a good work. We're loving the city one life at a time. And I remember going to sleep in peace and just thinking, I'm gonna keep this Lego piece and I'm gonna tell everybody that their peace matters. And so you got a piece this morning. Man, I hope, I hope that you just give up the junk, jump on the team, if you need a week, man, cool. If you need six months, cool. Keep coming, keep resting. We're here for you. It's our honor and our privilege to serve. And then we'll close and the giving team will come and collect all these. And if you're already on the dream team, you can still write, hey, I'm on it. Or you can kind of reevaluate or do whatever you want. So no pressure. Um, we just want to invite you in that and take some time and pray. And we're just going to sit up here and jam. forms. Jesus, I thank you for your grace and your power that's in this place. I thank you for your people and how you're making them come alive. 
I thank you for your captivating love and your grace. It's not by works that we've been saved. It's by grace. God, we thank you that we're your workmanship, that we've been created in advance. You've set the stage for us to play. God, we thank you for your power and your peace. We thank you for your great parade that we get to play a part of. We thank you that we're on Team Jesus. We thank you for the people that's their first time here and they're wondering what in the world's going on and God wants to wreck them and in their heart, they're feeling your power and your peace and their hearts beating through the chest. God, I pray that they will know that you are the risen King and give their life to you. In Jesus' name, God, we thank you. We thank you for city life, that you are the life of the city. We thank you that in you there's freedom for all people. God, we thank you for your correction and your discipline and the challenge so that we're not on our deathbed saying, I wish, or I would have, or I could have, but God, that we would let you tweak us right now. God, I thank you that destinies are coming alive, that people are being unlocked to their callings more. Some people that have been fighting it for so long that they know you want to use them. I pray today will be the day that they seal it in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that you would give us vision for where you want to take us. As we enter year two of the church, as we go to three, four, and beyond, and we think of what are you doing through us in 10, 15, 20 years, through the neighborhoods, through the businesses, through art and expression. God, give us vision today. God, that dreams would come alive. Parts in city life we don't even know exist yet. And because you give the gifts and you give them for your people. And you make the equation exactly how you want it to. To serve and to show your love. To Lansing and beyond. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelancing.com. You belong here.